Beloved congregation of our Lord Jesus Christ, we come across many different people in life, and we address a person in a different way depending on who they are. You refer to a police officer as sir or ma'am or officer. You address your teacher as Mr. So-and-so or maybe Miss or Mrs. So-and-so. You might say to your friend, hey man, how's it going? You address your parents as mom and dad or father and mother. And each different address is appropriate in its own context. And some addresses are not appropriate in others. For example, if a soldier in the army were to address his commanding officer as, hey buddy, it's not going to go over very well for him. If your friend addresses you as sir or madam, you would probably tell them to knock it off. The way you address a person says something about how you view him or her, the relationship you have to that specific person. Well, the same is true when it comes to our God. The way we speak to God, the way we address him, says a lot about our beliefs, our our theology who we believe God to be, what we believe our relationship to Him is. You see, prayer is, we could call it, faith in action. Prayer is an expression of our faith. It's an outward, uh, it's an outworking of our faith. So how we address God in prayer is important. It reveals what we believe about Him, and again, what kind of relationship we have with Him. And since it is an important matter, it's no wonder that the Bible guides us in this also. God himself teaches us in his word how we are to address him properly. And learning this and using this will help us to shape our prayers in a way that is pleasing to God. A great place, of course, to start is the Lord's Prayer which we are studying in our afternoon services. In this prayer, the Lord teaches us to address God as our Heavenly Father. It's simple, but it's rich, and it's beautiful. And as we hope to see this afternoon, addressing God as our Heavenly Father shapes our prayers in a number of profound ways. So I preach to you God's Word this afternoon under the following theme, addressing God as our Father in heaven shapes our prayers in a God-pleasing way. And we'll see that this address shapes our our attitude in prayer, our uh, requests, the requests we make in our prayers, and finally, the expectations we have uh, from prayer. So, Lord's Day 46 asks, why has Christ commanded us to address God as our Father? And then in the next question, uh, why is there added in heaven, our Father in heaven? Well, both of these things go together. It's one address. We have two different aspects, our Father in heaven, and they they go together. And together, our Father in heaven, these things give us the right perspective in prayer, the right attitude in prayer. You see, these two questions, why do we address God as our Father, why is there added in heaven, they force us to answer the question, who is God? Or more specifically, who is God in relation to us? 
Well, God is first of all our Father in Jesus Christ. We've been adopted into His family by His grace. I think of think for a moment of when a when a couple decides to adopt a child in our country. Now, in our day, there's a huge financial cost that comes with adoption. A couple might pay thousands and thousands of dollars to go through that process. And yet they're willing to pay the price because they are so eager to adopt a child. Now, even though human parents may pay thousands to adopt a child, this cost in no way compares with the price God has paid for us. God the Father adopted us to be His children at the cost of His eternal Son. Jesus' death on the cross was a payment required for God to make each of us His own children. That's how valuable we are and precious we are in the sight of God. Yet God the Father was willing to pay it. Willing. Because He loved us. And when we address God as our Father in prayer, we're continually reminded of this amazing grace God has shown us. We're faced again with God's great love in Christ at the very beginning of our prayer. And we get to speak to God from the greatest privileged position imaginable as God's beloved children. What a beautiful way to open your prayer. Our Father calling God our Father. And yet there is more to God than this, of course, in our relationship uh, with Him. The words, our Father in heaven, remind us of this, as we confess in question answer 121. Why is there added in heaven? These words teach us not to think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner. So God is not only our Father, but He is also our majestic King. This is something Scripture emphasizes, too. Think of what we sang uh, about in Psalm 8 earlier. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is Your name in all the earth. There's also Psalm 113. The Lord is high above all nations, His glory above the heavens. Who is like the Lord our God, who is seated on high, who looks far down on the heavens and the earth. To give one more example, think of Solomon's prayer, the dedication of the temple. The heavens, even the highest heavens, cannot contain you. How much less this house that I have built. Think on these things too. God is limitless. Oftentimes our, our thoughts of God are far too small. Now look up in the sky one night, look at the stars. That's what uh, David does in, in Psalm 8. Looks up, sees the works of God's own fingers, the moon, the stars which God has created. Now we don't really know how big the universe is. We know it's, it's way uh, greater, larger, and we can even think of, comprehend. Yet even all the universe cannot even come close to containing our great God. 
Indeed, nothing, nothing created can contain Him. And combined with this, God possesses infinite power. It's no wonder 1 Chronicles 16 exhorts us, Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory to His name. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before Him all the earth. That's because of who our great God is, majestic, powerful, glorious. And beloved, we need both of these things. We need to see God as our Father, the one who has adopted us in His love in Jesus Christ. And we need to see God as our Father in heaven, the majestic King of all the earth. See, what would happen if we only saw God as a Father? Well, there is a danger that we, we make God smaller than He really is, or perhaps even become irreverent before Him. Or we might fail to give Him the honor and glory His name and majesty requires. On the other hand, what would happen if we only stress God's majestic power and glory? Well, we might be absolutely terrified of coming before Him at all. After all, look at His majesty. How can we come before this God, us sinful, weak creatures? Does He want to even hear from me? Think of David's response when he looked at uh, the heavens, the work of God's hands. What is man that you should think of him, the son of man that you should care for him? There might be no warmth in our relationship with him and no expression of warmth in our prayers also. But what happens when we address God, keeping both these things in mind, God's fatherly love towards us in Jesus Christ and his exalted majesty? Well, it produces in us an awe-filled confidence before God. Awe-filled because of who God is, confident because He is our Father. Makes us show reverent love to Him. Reverence, He is the Almighty God, and He is our Father. But love, He is the, the Almighty God who has adopted us in His grace. And to give you one more, it gives us humble boldness in prayer. Humble because we see how great He is, we know how weak we are, but boldness because He has had mercy on us. He has welcomed us into His presence through Jesus Christ. And the Bible describes this humble boldness in the prayers of believers Think of Abraham pleading for Sodom before the Lord. As you read that passage in Genesis 18, Abraham shows deep reverence and humility before God. Yet, yet at the same time, he is very bold, continually making requests to God. Think of Moses on Mount Sinai. Moses is described as the most humble person who ever lived and certainly he showed that humility before the Lord. And yet he boldly asked the Lord, show me your glory. And he boldly intercedes for the Israelites after they had sinned. 
See, addressing God as our Heavenly Father instills this humble boldness in our hearts too. In prayer, we approach the Almighty, infinite God. Nothing more awesome than that. But we approach a loving Father. And both of these things are wonderful, beautiful. What what an amazing way to address God in our prayers. Yes, at times we still stress one aspect of God's being more than an and another, if we want to praise God's glory, we will naturally use, his, use language that emphasizes that. Yet, at all times, these things go together, and they guide us in how we address God in a way that pleases Him and benefits us. That brings us to our second point. So, addressing God as our Heavenly Father, it shapes not only our attitude, it also shapes the requests or the petitions that we make in prayer. However, before we get into the specific request, we should also look at something very much related to this. In our prayers, we can address God as our Father in heaven, and this should instill in us two other things, praise and thankfulness. Think again of what that address means, our Father in heaven. We are speaking to the Almighty God as our Father, and and what what a reason to praise Him. And indeed, let our prayers, may our prayers, be filled with praise. Praising God for His power, praising Him for His goodness, praising Him for His glory, praising Him for His grace and His love. May your prayers be filled with praise of God. To help us in this, we can take our cue from God's very own words. In Scripture, the Bible's filled with examples of of spirit-filled believers praising God. Again, I, I point to Psalm 8, which we sang from, How majestic is your name in all the earth, O Lord. We can take those same words from Scripture and, and use them in our own prayers. May our prayers not only be filled with praise, but also with thankfulness. Thank God for the forgiveness of your sins. Thank God for the physical gifts He gives every day, so many things to enjoy. Thank God for the gift of His Son and the gift of the Holy Spirit. Thank God for salvation, His adopting love. When you think about it, so many reasons to thank God. Again, may our prayers be filled with thanksgiving. And yes, addressing God as our Father in heaven also shapes our petitions or requests. You see, if we view God as just a big Santa Claus and we'll just ask for any old thing, any old toy, but if God is our Father in heaven, which He is, then we will take care to ask for things that also please Him. And there are requests that do not please Him. Listen to James 4, verses 2 and 3. You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. But look now at the petitions of the Lord's Prayer. They are, first of all, focused on God. God's glory, God's desires, God's kingdom. We pray, hallowed be your name, 
your kingdom come, your will be done. And this is where the address, our Father in heaven, leads us to. God must be exalted, but we also want Him to be. He's our Father. If God is our majestic Father, it's only natural for His glory, His kingdom to take center stage in our requests. And yet all this doesn't mean that our own needs are just ignored. Not at all. Our Heavenly Father wants us to pray for everything we need for body and soul. In fact, this very title proclaims that everything comes from God. Indeed, everything, everything we have, comes from God. Listen to 1 Corinthians 4, verse 7. What do you have that you did not receive? If then you, you received it, why do you boast as if you did not receive it? You received it from God. Or James 1, verse 17, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. And so the Lord's Prayer contains requ- requests for everything we need for body and soul. For, for body, Christ teaches us to pray for our daily bread. You see, God isn't indifferent towards our physical needs. He created our bodies. He sustains physical life. He called this physical creation good. He does care about our bodies, our health, our well-being. And yes, we guard against idolizing our bodies, but they are such a large part of our human nature. God created our bodies in the physical world, and so He cares about them. He cares for them. So we make requests for the things we need for our bodies. And the Lord's Prayer continues, contains requests for everything we need, also for our souls. Christ encouraged us to, to pray for the forgiveness of sins, which every one of us needs. Payment for our sins comes from God alone in Christ. And because God is our Heavenly Father, we also pray that we would be delivered from the evil one, from temptation. Since we've been adopted by God, His enemies have become our enemies. The devil is our enemy. We pray that we would be delivered from Him and all temptation. We pray that God would guide us by His Word and Spirit so that we might live a life pleasing to God as dearly loved children, pleasing our Father in every good work. Now, it is true that the Lord Jesus teaches us not to go on babbling like pagans in our prayers. You know, those the pagans think they will be heard by their false gods because of their many words. And we do not need to go there as Jesus himself teaches us. And yet, this doesn't mean we don't make many requests to God, from our God. In fact, the opposite is true. God is our Father. Every good thing comes from Him. And so, we make many requests, many petitions, everything we need. Do not be shy. Come before your Father. Bring your petitions to Him. The requests we make can be short and sweet, 
but by making them, we are acknowledging that everything comes to us from God, and without His blessing, we don't have anything. So let me encourage you again to ask, seek, knock, ask God for everything you need. Use this wonderful gift from God called prayer. Come before God with humble boldness. Seek the things you need from Him. Brings us to our last point. Addressing God as our Father in heaven shapes not only our attitude in prayer and the type of requests we make while praying, it also shapes our expectations from prayer. And the first expectation this address gives us is the expectation that, that God does hear us when we pray. And when we pray, when we fold our hands, close our eyes, we are not just praying into the air. Our Father in heaven hears us. He certainly does. Remember, God has become our Father in Jesus Christ. And we are children of God in the Son of God, united to Him. And we've also been given as believers the Holy Spirit as the spirit of adoption. And this is how we approach God in prayer, as those in Christ, as those clothed with the Lord Jesus Christ. And we come before Him with the spirit of adoption within us. And God sees that when we pray to Him. And it's in Christ and by the Holy Spirit that we have access to God and are accepted by Him. And this gives us assurance. God hears our prayers. God listens to His children when they call upon Him. And this is what Christ Himself taught us in Matthew 6. He said, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues on the street corners. They're making a show. They just want to be seen by others. He says, truly I say to you, they've received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, shut the door, and pray to your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Christ is saying, when you pray, you are praying to your Father in heaven. And so there's no need to make a show like the hypocrites. This is about you and God, our relationship to Him. And our Lord Jesus emphasizes here, your Father, He sees you when you pray, even if you might not feel that He does. Trust Jesus' words. Never doubt this. Even if you're all by your lonesome, He sees, He hears you. Your Father who sees in secret will reward you. This is one reason why we confess in Lord's Day 46, why do we address God as our Father? God has become our Father through Christ and will much less deny us what we ask of Him in faith than our fathers would refuse us earthly things. And why is there added in heaven these words, teach us to expect from His almighty power all things we need for body and soul. And this is in line with what Christ taught us in Matthew 6 further on at the end. He tells us, don't be anxious about your life. 
what you will eat or what you will drink, or your body, what you will put on. Look at the birds. They don't plant crops. They don't harvest them. Your heavenly Father feeds them. You are much more valuable than the birds. You are. Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't make clothes for themselves. But not even King Solomon in all of his beauty, all of his splendor was dressed like one of these beautiful flowers. God will clothe you too. Trust Him. You know what? We would do well to remind ourselves of these words every day as we get up in the morning. We so easily forget them. But Christ tells us to trust that God will provide. Yes, we ask. We ask Him for things. But then we also expect that God will give us what we need. Now, it's nice to say this. However, it might also produce questions in our minds. What about when we have been praying for something for so long, and we don't seem to be getting what we asked for, And that can especially be difficult if we feel we're praying for something we absolutely need. That can happen. Well, there are a number of things to keep in mind. First of all, remember what the Lord Jesus says in Matthew 6. Seek first the kingdom of God. All these things will be added to you. Seek first the kingdom of God. Make that your focus. Second, we remember what Christ teaches us in Matthew 7. To persevere. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. The one who seeks, find. And to the one who knocks, the doors will be opened. Now, that doesn't mean that if you just pray more, we'll eventually get what we want. But this is certainly a call to do more than just pray once, and you're done. Now, keep on asking. Keep on seeking, keep on knocking, persevere in prayer. And finally, it may be at some point our Heavenly Father does not give us what, we, what seems so obviously good for us in our minds. But then, remember what we confess in Lord's Day 46, we must not think of God's heavenly majesty in an earthly manner. Think of what God himself says in Isaiah 55, As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. God is our Father, but he is so much greater than we are. And his perspective is so much greater than our limited perspective. Trust him. Trust his plan, his purpose. At times, this can be difficult to accept, but it's true. Let's put on humility. God, our Heavenly Father, knows what He is doing. And as our Father in heaven, He will work all things for our good. Amen.